And now here's your host, Don Smith. Hey, thank you, Brad Smith, for that great introduction. And thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in today for another Don Smith show, where it's always okay to be a conservative. Well, what can I say? We've got an amazing lineup for you on the program here today. I've been promising you for a couple weeks now, and this time we actually got it. We've got the Donald Trump interview, which you'll hear later on in the program. Also, music legend Ray Stevens will join us. Uh, Let's find out what he thinks about Donald Trump and what he's been up to lately. Also, back on the program this week, actress, comedian Victoria Jackson will be here, and we're going to talk to her about the same things. What has she been up to, and what does she think about the Donald? i got to tell you, blood pressure was up there a little bit here over the last couple weeks. This is the big get. I mean, Donald Trump gets over 350 media requests every day. So it was a, a great opportunity to actually sit down with him. And let's face it, he, he has not come to Internet Radio before. So this was nice to have the first interview on Internet Radio with him. But just the opportunity to, to sit down and, and discuss the real issues, the things that people really want to hear about. So I thought the interview went really well. And i got to say, uh, Donald was very nice and very hospitable during the interview. So uh, always great. That's the good thing about a pre-tape is, you actually get a little conversation in before you hit record, and uh, I think you'll enjoy the interview. But come on, Ray Stevens, how about that? Victoria Jackson, you love her, so we all do. So this is going to be a great program, really excited about it. We've got a lot of stuff to cover here, just a little bit of time. You know what time it is. One of my favorite television programs growing up was Happy Days. The show resonated with millions of Americans and actually promoted traditional family values in the process. With Ron Howard as Richie Cunningham and Henry Winkler as the leather jacket-wearing Arthur Fonzarelli, the show also created more than a few iconic phrases, like, jump the shark. But there was something else about the show that was a great example, actually, of modern liberalism. Fonzie could never bring himself to say he was sorry. He just couldn't say it. Well, last week, we watched as the ladies of The View mercilessly trashed GOP candidate Carly Fiorina over her appearance. If you forgot, here's what they had to say. Fiorina has the most speaking time, yeah. then followed by Rubio, Casey, but Trump. But one thing she said, that's I do. Rubio. I what did she say? What did you know say? what Carly said, which really made three me laugh? Three pages. She three pages. Three pages. She kicked off, I don't know what's happening. She kicked off uh, her thing saying, you know, people tell me that I didn't smile enough during the last debate. She looked demented. I mean, she did not, her mouth did not downturn one time. She was like, we. I love that. That's smiling Fiorina, can you imagine? Demented is a strong word, but it looked like she'd been practicing that for a long time. And she did get some other comments. She means demented. I 
to stand up for the words we use. That's right. The ultra-tolerant feminist said she looked demented. And there should be a Carly Fiorina Halloween mask. But here's where it gets good. After hearing Fiorina defend herself over the weekend, it was Whoopi Goldberg who was angry. That's right, because that's just how it works. This was as clear-cut as it gets. But check out Goldberg's reaction and her inability to simply say, I'm sorry. Just so we're all clear, you have to know the difference between when somebody's coming for you and when somebody is paying you a compliment and when somebody is saying, here's my observation. If you can get that together, maybe you can be president. Last week, we also heard from Hollyweird, as legendary filmmaker Quentin Tarantino labeled the police as murderers. Now, certainly that requires an apology, right? I mean, how could anyone stand behind a comment like that? Well, as it turns out, it's quite a bit easier than you and I imagined. Even after his own father made it known that he thought his son was dead wrong, Tarantino doubled down by suggesting that his comments were, that's right, taken out of context. In both instances, another liberal tendency was exposed. The ladies of The View and Quentin Tarantino are somehow now the victims. The Pulp Fiction director actually suggested in an interview on MSNBC that he feels as though he was slandered by the same police that he called murderers. Well, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's much easier to, uh, uh, to, to feign outrage and uh, uh, start arguments with celebrities than it is to deal with the fact that they've, uh, 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 the citizenry has lost trust in them. Uh, also, but there's also another thing going on, absolutely. There were 300 people in that march. They're not dealing with the issues that we were talking about, which you would think they'd want to deal with, at least to some degree or another. No, they want to, uh, they want to demonize me. They want to slander me, say, uh, imply that I'm saying things that I didn't say. Um, and then, uh, uh, but, and for what reason? Can, can and I, the re well, the reason is because they want me to shut up, and they want to make sure that no, no other people like me, prominent citizens, will stand up for that side. There was a day not long ago that the vast majority of the American people would have risen up against this kind of insanity. Take the politics away, and it becomes quite clear that Goldberg and Tarantino are far from the victims in each of these cases. Since the election of Barack Obama, everything has become political. So it really doesn't matter what liberals say or what they do. You're either with them or you're against them. It's time to stop holding our collective breath, waiting for an apology. True liberalism is never having to say you're sorry. Hey, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We've got music legend Ray Stevens on the program actress and comedian Victoria Jackson, and of course, we've got the Donald Trump interview. Got to take a quick commercial break, but stick around. We'll be back with more on the Don Smith Show. Patriotic Warriors is an activist organization built to engage our community through information, training, outreach programs, and other resources. Our members work together to share knowledge and take coordinated action to make our elected officials hear our voice in unison. While others talk about preserving our constitutional republic, 
Patriotic Warriors takes action by utilizing cutting-edge technology and proven strategic initiatives necessary to restore the American dream and preserve it for future generations to come. If you're truly concerned about the future of the greatest nation in history, visit Patriotic Warriors today. No more waiting for someone else. The time is now. Go to PatrioticWarriors.com and make a difference. PatrioticWarriors.com That's PatrioticWarriors.com Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than a traditional lawyer? At LegalZoom, you get personalized services for your family and your business that's 100% guaranteed. So go to LegalZoom.com today for personalized, affordable legal protection. Hey, America. I am so excited. I found eVoiceAmerica.com. It's the political take action site we've all been waiting for. eVoiceAmerica.com makes it easy to email my opinions directly to all my elected officials and representatives in Washington at once. And I and all of you can know what we are telling Congress for the first time in history. eVoiceAmerica.com. All you need to do is register with your address and zip code, log on, and eVoice America will provide your personal list of electric reps every time you log on, and much more. This is Victoria Jackson. This is Paul Vettel, Major General, U.S. Army, uh, retired. This is C.L. Bryant. Hi, this is Chuck Woolery. You're listening to The Don Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. Hey, welcome back to the program. I hope you're all having a great weekend so far. Thanks for joining us here today. Of course, we've got the Donald Trump interview coming up later in the program. Also, music legend Ray Stevens and actress and comedian Victoria Jackson. Great lineup. This, this is awesome. So, yeah, I love this, you know. This is the thing. We, we went through this process here, and uh, we go through the process to get the interview, and, you know, it's kind of a big deal for us here. So uh, it was great to sit down and have a, a great interview with Donald Trump and actually talk about one thing you'll hear in the interview is we went through the whole interview without anything about the other candidates. This was all about Donald Trump. What does he think about the economy? Uh, how important is leadership? Things like that. How about the treatment of our veterans? It's a great organization out there called Citizens for Trump that had actually sent in a great question. Uh, what is he going to do for the veterans? And they wanted to get into a little bit more about the homeless veterans and things like that. But uh, the answer was great. And I think Donald Trump's one of the only ones that I hear out there talking about this. Uh, now, of course, with the exception of Hillary Clinton, who kind of took a little different tact with it. Instead of how she's going to help the veterans, I think you remember this. Here's what she had to say about it don't understand why we have such a problem because there have been a number of surveys of veterans and overall veterans who do get treated are satisfied with their treatment much now more so than people much, in the regular uh, it's exactly yeah. right. right now nobody would believe that from the coverage that uh, you see uh, and the constant uh, berating of the VA that comes from the Republicans in, in part in pursuit of this ideological agenda that but in part because there has been real scandal there has been and but it's not been as widespread as it has been made out to be so there you go i think we know what we could expect from a hillary clinton presidency when it comes to solving the problems of the va it would be i don't know i guess shut down fox news because nobody should really talk about 
the fact that we've got veterans dying, the fact that we've got veterans that are homeless. These things, yeah, come on. I'm sure most of the homeless veterans are very happy with their living situations, right? More so than other people. Folks, this is insanity. These people can never apologize. That was our opening segment. They can never apologize. Hillary Clinton pressed on this, lashed back out against, that's right, the vast right-wing conspiracy. Yeah, it's the media's fault that people are talking about this. We should just ignore it. Forget about the veterans. Who cares? we got to talk about income inequality. That's really what's, what's important here, right? Yeah, well, it's not. Again, you, this is what you would expect from a Hillary Clinton presidency. She's not going to do anything to help our veterans. Come on. She's mocking the coverage of veterans dying because they're not receiving health care. So I think you'll be interested to hear what Donald Trump had to say. Again, that was... Uh, in response to a Citizens for Trump group, which is a grassroots organization out there. One of the, that's one of the other great things about Donald Trump. He doesn't have the big super PACs. The groups that he's got out there, like Citizens for Trump, are just grassroots volunteers, people out there volunteering their time, trying to get the message out there. And I think that's something that, as we go a little bit further down the line, will probably resonate a little bit more with, with the American people. Because people keep calling to say there's too much politics, there's too many uh, lobbyists, there's too, you know. So, I don't know, maybe maybe that's something that will really pick up and, and gain some momentum. So, looking forward to seeing that. But back to this apology thing, because this is, we, we joke around when we say, you know, the liberal mindset, it's a, liberalism is a mental disorder. This is what we're talking about. It's not, this isn't some fantasy here. This is reality. Hillary Clinton would not even apologize for minimizing... At the very, very least, she minimized the problems being experienced by our veterans, even said that the, the, most of them are very, very happy with their health. No, no they're not. No, they're, what, the, the, ones that, the ones that are still alive? For crying out loud. But no, most of them don't think that. Most of them think there's a lot of problems. And most of them would like to see something, anything, being done about it. So, uh, again... No apology, double down, that is liberalism. And you don't have, who remembers this? Who knows who, except from this show, who knows who Gloria Platko is? Gloria Platko, city council member in, in Michigan, state of Michigan, in Detroit. And what she said about one of her, this is, a, this is about a fellow Democrat. Here's my point. This didn't make national headlines. It, it was a non-issue. Right, it, it, it didn't. It, nobody even played this clip. But here is another liberal who refused to apologize for this comment. Let me rephrase. Would you be willing to sit down to talk to him? Well, now that's another. That's an entirely different. I know. You know I, I, that's why I asked. I'll rephrase the question. Well, because he's just rubbing me the wrong way. He is just doing whatever he can. You know what I think of Mr. Parker right now, and I and I don't. You're not even going to like this. He's just an arrogant nigger. And I'm sorry to say it that way, but that's the way I see why, Dwayne Parker right now. Why would you say that? Because that's what he's trying. That's what he's proving to be. Okay. Now she sat in there. You're not going to want to hear this. Then continues on to say it. At least I will give Gloria Placco a little bit of credit here for a liberal. Because at least she knew there was something wrong with what she was about to say, then continued on to say it. Now, you heard her in there say, well, I'm sorry to say that. She wasn't sorry. 
She was asked about this comment by local media only. No national media exposure. You didn't hear. You didn't even hear this clip on Fox News. Now that's. I don't know. That's a pretty significant thing to have happen, don't you? I'm Don Imus, right? Anybody? So, Gloria Platko, confronted by the local media, the next day said, oh, absolutely not. There was nothing racist about what she said. In fact, she went on to explain that there's not a racist bone in her body, and she had had Thanksgiving dinner with some African Americans. That was it. That was the end of the story. The story became about how there was one local channel, again, that confronted her, and that, oh, it was the, those evil Fox people. The story became about how the media attacked a city council councilwoman, because, of course, the war on women was in full swing then. So it became about the war on Gloria Placco, which is exactly what it is with Quentin Tarantino, and it's exactly what it is with the <clears throat> ladies on The View. <laughs> There is no way you could sit there. So everybody, Friday, Carly Fiorina comes back on The View. Her chance to sit down with these ladies. Now, you would, you would think, any, any rational, any sane, any thinking person would think there's no way that these ladies could stick to their guns, right? They've got Carly Fiorina right there. You would think it would be a, I would have started the episode off with, hey, okay, I'm sorry. We didn't mean to say that. We were just joking. No. Because that's not how it works. You heard it. Monday morning, Whoopi Goldberg could not wait to rush in front of the cameras and show her anger towards Carly Fiorina. She actually said that Carly Fiorina, you heard the clip, actually said that they were paying her a compliment. And she should know the difference. And maybe if she figures that out, then maybe she'll be qualified to be president. Oh, my goodness. Folks, go back to 2008 for crying out loud. Ha, I mean, really? Look, look, everything with Barack Obama was a code word. Even, even saying Chicago, right? Remember that? Chris Matthews, big blow up. Even saying the word Chicago was a code word. Everything was racist. Then they created, flash forward to 2012, the war on women. Right? These, these ladies covered everything. They covered the whole gamut, and to this day, and for the rest of their lives, we'll never think there's anything at all wrong with what they did. So I don't know, if you, did you get a chance to watch, uh, probably not, probably about as much as I did to watch The View on Friday, but I did catch just that segment of it, because I wanted to see how they would react. Now I knew, I knew there was going to be no apology, there was going to be, but again, in a sane world, just apologize, just move on. Say we uh, we were uh, say something. Don't stick to your guns, but it's what they do. So if you missed it, here's the interaction between the ladies on the View and Carly Fiorina, or I'm sorry, Carly Carla is that what Joy called her? Carla. She doesn't even know her name. But here's the exchange. United States. How about how about humor? Um, because well, how about you? You know, I, well, I'm, I'm going to bring it up because there are going to be lots of comics saying lots of different things, and I wondered because we saw some of the, that you were a little upset with us uh, about a, a, a comic comment that was made, and so how will you steal your skin? Do you know what I mean? How will you uh, how will you get a thicker skin to accept some of the the humorous things that will be said about you? Mm -hmm. Well, 
hey, if you meant your comment about my face being demented in a Halloween mask as humorous, so be it. I guess you misinterpreted Donald Trump's comments about my face and thought no. those weren't humorous. No, 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 it's Joy again. I have a real sick skin. It's the wounded warrior. Give me a minute. Give Joy a second. You know, I defended you against Donald Trump's comment. He is running for president of the United States, and he was making a nasty comment about your looks, and I took him on, on this show. But we are comedians here. I make fun of Hillary's pantsuits, Hillary's husband's sex life, um, John Boehner's tan. Um, um. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Jay, Joy Bayar, she makes fun of Hillary Clinton's pantsuits. Oh, my goodness. Huh, the humanity of it all. She actually makes fun of Hillary Clinton's pantsuits. Now, she's never called Hillary Clinton, said she looked demented, or like a Halloween mask, or, you know, nothing like that. But, you know, she makes fun of her pantsuits and John Boehner's tan. She makes fun of John Boehner's tan, so there you go. Here it is. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg tripping over herself, because we're comics here. This is a comic show. Yeah, they're a comic show when it's convenient to them. They're a comic show when they say something so incredibly offensive that people go, whoa, okay, that was a little over the line. That's when they're comics. Okay, they're not comics. They're about, okay, think about this. They're comics. Joy Behar is not joyful. <laughs> you, couldn't have, you could not have a single person that is more improperly named than Joy Behar. These ladies are not comics. But here's the thing, because you can look at it in any context you want to look at it in. Traditional marriage, right? Traditional marriage, gay marriage. If you believe in traditional marriage, you have a problem. Right? Just believing in traditional marriage, you have a problem. If you think, I don't know, if you think little Johnny waking up one day thinking he's little Susie... And then going into the girls' restroom in the grade school is a problem. You have a problem. Not little Johnny. Little Johnny's cool. Little Johnny's going to win awards for this. If they had their way, you would be arrested. Because you think that's wrong. You're trying to oppress people. This is what it's come down to. So here's the problem in this case. Carly Fiorina is the one with the problem. Because her, 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 her skin's not thick enough. How could you possibly be president? Your skin isn't thick enough. We're comics. And a lot of comics are going to say a lot of things. Yeah. See, Carly was the one with the problem. Not the ladies on The View. It was Carly. So this is the problem in society today. These are the things that we're dealing with. And folks... I don't see how this ends well. Uh, let's let's jump jump off into another uh, context here that I think r really kind of ties this together. Everybody remembers Rachel Dolezal, right? The NAACP president. She was the president of a chapter of the NAACP out in the state of Washington, who self-identifies as being black. She's not, but she identifies as it. This is becoming acceptable. This is becoming pervasive in our society. Again, little Johnny, right? Little Johnny thinks he's little Susie one day, and oh, so I'm going to go use the, the girls' restroom. And nobody should have a problem with that. Here's a woman, here's a white lady who identifies and passes herself off 
as a member of the African-American community. She's the president of the NAACP chapter. Up until this week, she refused to acknowledge. We've all seen the pictures of her parents. We've seen her pictures as she's growing up, and we saw her transform and try to make herself into something she wasn't. But I want you to listen to this because this is key. Finally this week, and this really isn't even the point of it, but finally this week, she did admit. <laughs> can, you, can you think about if We're having a debate with somebody over whether they're really black or really white. This is where we're at, folks. Think of the insanity of that. That's, that's debate-worthy now. There's no debate. There's no debate at all. I, there shouldn't be, but there is. So, they get Rachel Dolezal to admit, finally, that she's white. But I want you to hear the interaction. And I want you to think about this in the context. Imagine that it's not Rachel Dolezal, self-identifying as a black person, I want you to think it's Bruce Jenner self-identifying as a female. Even though, obviously, Bruce Jenner, a pretty famous person, right? Olympic gold medalist. But think about it in that context. Because one of them is acceptable. The other one, not quite yet. The liberals and the progressives haven't gone far enough down the, the trail here to make this one quite mainstream enough or to make it acceptable to the psyche of the American people. Listen to how Rachel keeps defending the self-identify thing. Listen to the crowd reaction, and listen to the ladies on this show. I don't even know what the name of the show is. It doesn't matter. The Real, I think it's called. So it's a spin-off of the other one. So here is the... But again, think about this if this was Bruce Jenner. If this was Bruce Jenner, the reaction from the audience and the reaction from the host of the show would be 180 different than what this is. Let's be really honest. You don't answer the question. It came across as you lying and saying you were a race that you weren't. Am I correct? And I Would think, you, agree you know, a headline, a single headline yeah. can change. But even life. now, sitting here asking you, we're saying, why not say you're white, but you identify as being black, and you, you don't seem to answer the question straight on. My, my question, yeah. do you not identify how you identify? Like, why not? Give me the right to identify how I identify. I give everybody else the, the same, you know. And we are all entitled to be correct. exactly who we are in it, to identify Rachel, as Rachel, I think it's kind of hard because you're not black. So when you identify with it, there's a disconnect. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, you weren't born black. So when you say you are black, it makes it hard for people to understand where you're coming from. Right, and that's why I thought I... I acknowledge I'm yeah. I was biologically born white to right. white parents. Folks, this is where we're at. Listen to that exchange. Why won't you just let me identify with what No, they wouldn't. They would not let her identify. You heard people in the audience yelling out because you're not black. Put Bruce Jenner on that stage. You don't hear anybody saying, well, geez, you, you, were, you were born a man, but, you, but now you identify. No, nobody questions that. He's allowed to just wake up one day and be a chick. That's it. It's allowed. It's perfectly acceptable. 
This, eh, we're not quite there yet. Like I said, don't worry. We'll get there. Pretty soon you'll be able to identify whatever ethnicity, whatever. You, you, you can all be like, we can all be like Elizabeth Warren with our high cheekbones and, right? But not quite yet. This one still kind of upset them. But think about it. This woman continued to try to make the case that she should be allowed to identify as whatever she wants. Even though reality it, it doesn't support it in any way, shape, or form. Reality does not support this. But again, put Bruce Jenner up there and, and the whole audience. He would have gotten a standing ovation because that's acceptable. Now, as far as I'm concerned, we talk not enough about mental health issues in this country. I'm sorry. I, I'll never understand how you spent, you, you're born biologically as a male. You spend your whole life as a male. One day you wake up and decide you're, you're female. And you want to be treated as a female. You start wearing dresses and high heels. I fail to see how there's not some kind of a mental health aspect to that. It's something, somebody's really going to have to explain that one to me because I don't understand that. How could there not be an aspect of mental something there? We've got scientists coming out now. We've got all this global warming stuff going on. We've got scientists now. We're supposed to believe the science. We've got scientists coming out saying chromosomes don't matter. They don't prove anything. Really? Uh, really? And so we're supposed to take this seriously. And if you don't believe the things that the scientists tell you, you're anti-science. No, I'm logical. I'm pro-logic. And that doesn't make sense to me that chromosomes don't mean anything. It makes about as much sense to me as it does a Rachel Dolezal identifying as being black. Because it's not something, it's, it, it's not an optional program. It's not an optional program to decide whether you're male or female. Now, you can, you can have the surgeries and all these things, which, okay, fine, changes some physical aspects. still doesn't change the very basis of what we are. This is where we're at, folks. And it's kind of, I don't know, just a little bit scary. I've got to take a quick commercial break, but I want you to stick around. Coming up, we've got Mr. Ray Stevens and Victoria Jackson. And, of course, a little bit later in the program, we've got Mr. Donald Trump. So a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more on the Don Smith Show. Patriotic Warriors is a grassroots organization built to engage our community. While others talk about preserving our constitutional republic, Patriotic Warriors is taking action to restore the American dream. If you're truly concerned about the future of this great nation, visit PatrioticWarriors.com today. The time is now. PatrioticWarriors.com. That's PatrioticWarriors.com. Have you ever been frustrated when you go to the doctor and are asked to fill out forms over and over again? And you're asked for information that you don't remember, or you have to submit the same form to multiple organizations. And each time you are asked to fill out the same form by hand. What about filling out business or legal forms, all manually? Maybe you've spent a lot of time filling out a form, made sure that everything is correct, and oops, the person who re-entered the data into the computer system made several mistakes. Why couldn't you do it from home in advance, where you could find all of the necessary documents? 
Now you can at formateer.com. The next time you need a form filled out, the information can be found right at your fingertips. If you're an individual, you may find some forms ready to use on formateer.com, or we may be able to create a custom form for you at a very low cost or no cost at all. If you're a small business, formateer.com will be happy to create a set of forms or a complete data entry solution for your business needs. If you're a business that provides software, IT solutions, or both to another business, formateer.com has a great solution for you as well. Our parent company, RenderX, provides software and solutions to a very diversified group, from individuals to Fortune 500 companies. Even the United States government budget is formatted with RenderX software. With formateer.com, customers can fill out forms from their homes in advance when and where they have all the required information, or they can edit information that has changed if they filled out the form previously. No writing for them, no data re-entry for you. Form filling solutions for businesses or individuals at formateer.com. That's formateer.com. The TeaPartyCommunity.com website was built to provide an online safe haven social community for all of the tea parties across America to utilize and enjoy. Tea Party Community serves as a hub for sharing ideas, unifying a movement, and organizing strategies to keep America in her rightful place as the greatest nation on earth. Visit TeaPartyCommunity.com today to open your free account. At TeaPartyCommunity.com, we welcome all factions of the Tea Party and conservative movements to join us here and establish their presence. Upgraded and special privileged accounts are available for large conservative groups and nonprofit organizations. Join TeaPartyCommunity.com today and get involved in the process of taking our country back. My mother froze everything. I was 18 years old before I had my first fresh bun. The invention that I came up with is the Hot Dog Easy Bun Steamer. Steam is the key to a great hot dog. I knew it was going to be a success. The invention was so simple that I knew I needed to protect it. My name is Chris Chute, and I got my patent, trademark, and LLC on LegalZoom. We created LegalZoom to help people start their business and launch their dreams. Go to LegalZoom today and make your business dream a reality. At LegalZoom.com, we put the law on your side. I'm Deneen Borelli, author of Blacklash. Hi, I'm Senator Mike Lee. Hi, this is Governor Scott Walker and the Don Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. Saturday so far. Thanks for tuning in today. Of course, Donald Trump coming up later in the program. Music legend Ray Stevens and actress and comedian Victoria Jackson. So great lineup here today. Looking forward to talking to uh, Ray and uh, Victoria as well. So uh, people, a lot of people asking, is the interview live with Donald Trump? And actually, no, it was pre-taped on Thursday morning. Uh, reason we did that is because of what happened last week. We just wanted to make sure we didn't uh, get bumped for another battleship. But again, hey, if you're going to get bumped, yeah, getting bumped for a battleship especially the USS Wisconsin, what are you going to do? So we just wanted to make sure we had some options and uh, wanted to make sure we actually delivered this week the interview. So we did, and everything went great, and he was, it was great to talk.
talk to him. I mean, he was very pleasant, very personable, and uh, I, was, I was really impressed by it. So hope you'll enjoy the interview. I'm, I'm pretty sure you will. Again, he didn't say a single negative thing about another candidate. I think that's, come on, i got to have a record here, right? I don't know. Maybe not. So we'll see what happens, but uh, looking forward to playing that interview for you. And again, it was pre-taped, so just so you know that. Talking here about the, about the inability I mean, liberalism is never having to say you're sorry. And we could take another example. And this is a big deal here. The, the Keystone Pipeline, right? We all saw that. We saw this thing play out. It was a done deal. When the president first came into office, it was a done deal. It was going to create jobs. It was a, it was a big deal. I'd, I'd use the words of Joe Biden on Obamacare, but it's not appropriate. So here's the thing. We've gone through this whole process. We had a government report, a scientific, scientific government report that said no problem. No problem. And just think about it from this perspective. They're saying, well, we've got all these uh, oil could seep out of these pipelines. Do we, we forget how to build pipelines? Would a new pipeline not be safer than one that's been in the ground for 50 years? I don't know. Seems like it would, right? So it seems like it would actually be a, a pretty positive thing. So their own report says there's no problem. There's no environmental impact. It's safer than putting them in trucks, putting the, the tar sand in trucks, or putting it on rail cars, which is what's going to happen. And they're going to do it without the pipeline. The oil is still going to flow. So they stopped nothing, and they've created the most dangerous of all scenarios to transport it. And this is a win for environmentalists. Think about that. That's a win for environmentalists. Yay! <laughs> now we get them dumping out of rail cars and, and trucks. That's fantastic. Perfect. But here's the thing. Because this was one of the biggest scams perpetrated by this administration. I mean, and that's, that's a big statement, folks. I mean, the IRS, Benghazi. That's a big statement. This is the biggest scam perpetrated on the American people in this administration. And I want, let's, let's go through this a little bit, because I think this is important. Because it all started out, Barack Obama comes into office. They had, at the time, the Prime, the prime Minister from Canada comes down, and they wanted to show that this was a, because Barack Obama at the time was getting some heat because of, uh, because of drilling, and he was stopping a bunch of drilling and a bunch of stuff up in Alaska. And you, you remember all, the, all that stuff. So this was to show that this president actually believed, because he told us he believes in energy independence, but he doesn't. I mean, energy independence to these folks means we're, we don't depend on energy, right? I, let's face it. We all got a bunch of windmills out in our front yards, right? Waiting for the wind to blow. Or we got solar panels and we're hoping the sun comes out. Because we'd like to, I don't know, turn some lights on or something. These people are anti-energy. Under Barack Obama, in his own words, under my plan of cap and trade, energy prices will necessarily skyrocket. They have to. This was his plan. So here he is, and he's trying to reverse course on that. Because at the time, that evil Fox News was playing that clip about the energy prices and all those kind of things. All the things that he actually said, all the things that he actually believes to this very day. So let's go back, because here's newly appointed Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, 
And she's out there like I am. She is so pro-energy, it's not even funny. But I want you to think about this because this is in 2009. 2009. Listen to what she says. Uh, we are reviewing uh, TransCanada's permit application for Keystone XL pipeline uh, to cross the uh, U.S.-Canadian uh, border. As you know, this includes uh, analysis and assessment of multiple uh, factors as well as reviewing hundreds of thousands of comments that have been received uh, during the public comment period. Um, we are leaving no stone unturned in this process, and we expect to make a decision uh, on uh, the permit before the end of this year. 2009. Before the end of 2009, they were going to make a decision. It's 2015. November 2015. And they just made a decision. Folks, come on. And where was the media and all that? You know where the media was? The media was showing all the environmentalist protesters waving their little flags without having any idea what this was all about. It was oil. That's all that mattered was it was oil. That's all they care about. Because these people don't use energy, right? They're all off the grid. See, this is what we should do. We should round up all these people, all these climate people, all the, put them somewhere. Give them, give them a portion of the country. And take it off the grid. Al Gore flying around on private. Come on, you, you see Al Gore. The limos, the private jets. the. But he goes around and he wags his finger at everybody about their carbon footprint. So take all these people. What could be more joyous? What could be better for the environment than to get, I don't know, what is it, 10%? Get 10% of the population off the grid. Think of the, uh, of the amount of oil we wouldn't have to use. Think about the amount of coal we wouldn't have to burn. Think about the natural gas that wouldn't have to be used. It would be, come on, there you go. And then you can actually live it. You can live what you're trying to tell us to do. So here's Hillary Clinton, 2009. Well, the report came out. And the report, again, scientific government report, comes out and says there's no impact, no negative impact to the environment. So, here's another thing about leadership. Does President Obama get up in front of the American people and say, okay, hey, here's what they tell us. 99% of the scientists agree, because remember, it's always 99% of the scientists. It's 99% of the world's community that agrees with the, with the Iran nuclear deal. I haven't found anybody yet that does, but... I see him on TV once in a while. But anyway, it's the way it always works. It's 99%. So the president could have gotten up in front of the American people, in front of his environmentalist wackos, and said, hey, listen, I don't know. There's not going to be anything here. There's no problem. So let's go ahead and build it. Now, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. The media didn't do that. The media perpetrated this myth. What they started doing was going into this, well, how many jobs is this really going to create? Because that's one of the issues, right? We need... We, we, like, need jobs here? I don't know. Maybe, maybe these folks on the left don't understand it, but we actually need some jobs around here. But that's another story. So what did they do? They started going in and trying to destroy the information. And the new thing, and, and this is what's interesting. The new thing is that 35, only 35 to 40 permanent jobs, keyword, permanent jobs, are going to be created with the pipeline. 
Okay, so the average low-information voter hears that and goes, wow, it's only going to create 35 to 40 jobs? Because they actually think that 35 to 40 people probably could build a pipeline underground all the way across the country from Canada. Which is another problem altogether, but that's a whole other show. So think about this for a minute. Okay, it's going to take a lot more than 35 to 40 people. So people start challenging this. People, well, (laughs) very few people, and only people on the right. Because the liberal media all found the same thing. CNN, independent report, they found the same thing. MSNBC, they found 35, 40 jobs. Communist Van Jones, yep. 30, yep, it's only going to create 30. Because who knows more about creating an oil pipeline than a communist? I mean, come on. They're experts at it. Everybody says 35 to 40 jobs. When challenged, here's how they qualify that. They say, well, yeah, because those the, the construction workers, we don't call them. They don't call them the construction workers that are actually going to build the pipeline. The reason they don't is because it's not a permanent job. So here's what the... Pre- Here's a president, here's a party that's for the middle class that comes out and says we need more construction jobs. Why do we need more construction jobs if they're not even permanent jobs? For crying out loud, let's create jobs that are real jobs. Did you, all you construction workers out there, and I used to be one myself, I'm not going to do a Sean Hannity here or anything, but I used to work construction myself. You know what? Here's how it works. See, you go and you build a building. You know, the building eventually gets done and you go build Another building, or a bridge, or a shopping mall, or... See, that's how construction works. There has never been a building that took a construction worker's entire lifetime to build. This president, this party, that's for the middle class. And construction jobs are good-paying jobs, right? This administration for the middle class, for the income inequality is squashing these jobs and telling construction workers that they don't have permanent jobs because the pipeline eventually will be done. But let's just use some rational logic. So all the liberals out there, you can tune out for a minute. We're going to talk about this logically and rationally. Even, okay, let's give them that one. Let's say, okay, construction workers don't count because it's only temporary. Who in their right mind thinks that the amount of tar sand that's going to come down through this pipeline and go through the refineries, who in their right mind could possibly believe that only 35 to 40 people are going to be involved in this process? Nobody's going to ship it. It's not going to create any extra shipping jobs. It's not going to create... I mean, come on. Just the people that work in the refinery. This is like... It's going to like double their productivity. So are we saying that there's only 35 to 40 people working in a refinery right now? You ever been to a refinery? There's a lot more than 35 to 40 people. So these would have to be some incredibly talented and hard work. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, hard work. I almost said it. And just to update, in case you don't know, hard worker is a racist term now. You heard that, right? So I'm sorry. You would have to have 35 to 40 incredibly talented and mm, high energy, does that work? High energy people to handle the workload that goes along with that. Even that is, is a complete fallacy. But think about this. We're arguing over it only creating 35 to 40 jobs. This is an actual debate taking place. How's that for insanity? It's pretty good, huh? 
Here, here's Barack Obama. So he comes out yesterday, and here's what he had to say. Several years ago, the State Department began a review process for the proposed construction of a pipeline that would carry Canadian crude oil through our heartland to ports in the Gulf of Mexico and out into the world market. Uh, this morning, Secretary Kerry informed me that after extensive public outreach and consultation with other cabinet agencies, the State Department has decided that the Keystone XL pipeline would not serve the national interests of the United States. So isn't that nice? Isn't that, isn't that cool how that works out, huh? The scientists, the ones we're supposed to blindly follow down the path of this global warming, climate change thing, so that Al Gore can make another couple hundred million dollars, the same science doesn't apply. He didn't even mention it. So John Kerry went and talked to some people. I hope he talked to the Iranians, his new buddies in Iran as well, because I would really like their input on whether, whether or not we should have this. So if you are not believing the science that goes along with global changing, you're part of the Flat Earth Society, you think the moon's made of cheese. If you're not following the scientific evidence on Keystone Pipeline, you're a good person. See how that works. Isn't that cool? That is so incredibly awesome. So he shoots the thing down, and you are going to hear this guy demonize the Republicans like he does with everything else over this issue. Because we want to destroy the planet, right? We hate children. We hate old people. We hate women. We hate, we hate everybody. And we especially hate the planet. Because, like, that makes sense, doesn't it? No, of course it doesn't. This whole global warming thing, oh, just, just look at this, because I want you to think about this for a minute. The, the godfather, if you will, the dawn of climate change is a guy named Michael Moore. Now, Michael Moore is the god of climate change, and, and, I, and I don't use that loosely, because climate change, global warming, is a religion. Uh, it's a hardcore religion. It's a religion, it's a cult, and a scam. All at the same time, only liberals could put something like that together. I mean, it's the complete package. So here's Michael Mann, the hockey stick guy, right? He's the one that came up with the hockey stick. This is what proved. It proved that global warming was real. This was it. This was when the debate, we hear him all the time, tell us the debate's over. This was when the debate ended, when Michael Mann created the hockey stick. Now, Here's, you know, it turned out that the hockey stick actually was, well, like everything else, liberal, not true. But, see, but they did it for the good of the planet. Michael Mann is trying to save the planet. So, he lies. He gets this hockey stick thing that everybody uses. This thing becomes the holy grail of this religion. Listen to this. as it, This is after. This is after he got exposed as creating just complete propaganda. I mean, this was, there was nothing in his thing that was... He pulled out points that contradicted anything he wanted it to be. This is, this is liberalism personified. He creates this chart and pulls out... Oh, we'll pull this one out, we'll pull this one out. Ooh, now look at that. Look how dramatic this is. Because that was his goal from the very beginning. Here he is, after being exposed and even being forced to admit that the hockey stick was a scam, more so than anything. 
Listen to the way he's introduced. And think about this. This man is, a, is a, supposed to be a disgraced figure right now in the scientific community. Listen to how they bring him on. Michael Mann is one of the world's leading climate scientists. His hockey stick graph depicting the effect of climate change and global warming became a defining symbol of man's influence on the environment. We talked earlier, and I asked the director of the Earth System Science Center at Penn State to, uh, to begin by asking him about the impact of climate change deniers. Well, you know, the evidence uh, for uh, human influence on, on the climate, um, for human-caused global warming and climate change, just becomes stronger with each uh, additional year uh, of data that we have that, that comes in that tells us that indeed we're seeing unprecedented warmth, we are seeing unprecedented uh, melt of, of sea ice up in the Arctic. Uh, so the evidence gets stronger and stronger. Um, and the scientific community, if you look at various uh, assessments of uh, where scientific opinion stands, um, something like 99% of, of <laughs> scientists who uh, work in this area uh, agree with the consensus view that climate change is real, it's caused by us, and it represents a threat if we don't do something about it. Folks, this is it. That's how it works. Did you hear that? He, this man was just humiliated on a global scale, or should have been. She even brings up the hockey stick and talks about how important it is to their religion. Fails to mention that he had just admitted that he scammed everybody. And he doesn't even address it. He blows it off like it's nothing. He's talking about data making things stronger. This is the man who created the data that was a lie, a flat-out lie. And you heard it right there, and you'll hear it with every single person that talks about this, 99%. That's impressive. 99%. Even though I lied to everybody and the data is completely erroneous, 99% of the people still agree. Wow, how does that work out? Isn't that incredible? One thing that you always hear is you always hear you don't need to do any more than follow the money. And this is an incredibly perfect example of that. You, you know what's going on with Exxon? Because this is how it works. We've gone down the path. We've been told that the debate's over. We've been mocked. We've been told we believe the moon is made of cheese and we're flattered society and blah, blah, blah. But the debate's over. So now that the debate is over, even though it's not, and even though their information is bogus, it's been proven bogus, they just ignore it and go on. Did you, do you know who the scientist is? Because here's something that's going on right now. Here's where it ends. ExxonMobil is now under a federal investigation for spreading misinformation, for denying that man-made climate change is real. They're under criminal investigation, folks, because the oil companies are supposed to bow down. And for the most part, they have. If you go to their websites, go to any of them. I don't care, BP, any of them. They've got a huge section on their website about saving the planet and about alternative energy. It's called bullying, it's called bullying. And if you don't do exactly what the government tells you to do, you will be under investigation. But again, follow the money. Here's a little story that came out here just a few weeks ago on Fox News. A key signatory of a petition calling for government to sue companies that question climate change has pulled the letter from his institute's website amid revelations his family reaped $500,000 in salary and benefits last year, just last year, from the government-funded organization. 
This is, again, this is George Mason University climatologist Jagadish Skula and 19 other scientists signed this letter. Now, I guarantee you 99% of those scientists agree with what he did. He got, follow the money. Where do you think this money goes to? Why do you think 99% of scientists agree? Probably an actual figure. Because 99% of scientists are funded by the federal government. Big slip-up that I think a lot of people are missing here this week. When it comes to talking about the Keystone deal here, was the government study that came out. Because here's the thing. This is one case where Barack Obama, because see, Barack Obama believes all this stuff, right? This is one case where Barack Obama thought the government study would be exactly what, as if he wrote it. I think that's what's going on here. I think he, I think he miscalculated, and he thought, how could they possibly come out with a report that says there's no negative environmental impact? And they did. And I think it really caught, I think it really made some heads spin in Washington. And I think that's why it took so long from the time that report came out, which was shortly after Hillary Clinton's comments in 2009. Shortly after that, the report came out. He's been whirling around with this thing, trying to bury it. Now, it's pretty easy for him to do that in the mainstream media, but, but we know. We know what the report said. And it's a scientific report. Nobody's calling Barack Obama flatter society. I don't hear any of that yet. Do you? So this is how it plays out. He thought they were, he was sure. Of course, they're going to come out with something that says this is going to devastate the planet. But they didn't. It's a huge problem for Barack Obama. This should be a huge deal, but unfortunately it won't. As soon as he signed it, the, the story, okay, the mainstream media has already got the stories written. They already know. They've already been called. CNN already knew. They probably knew a week ago that he was going to come out on exactly when he's going to do it. They got their stories ready to go, and then they just start pumping them out. Every single left-leaning outlet came up with the same thing, 35 to 40 jobs. Now, you would think they would at least attempt, at least attempt to make it seem real. So somebody comes up with, you know, 45 jobs. Somebody comes up with 32 jobs. No, 35 to 40 on every, check it out, do a search, go to CNN, go to MSNBC, go to NBC, go to ABC, go to CBS, go to all of them. Go to Huffington Post, thinkprogress.org. They all have the same data. How is that for objective journalism? Yeah, not too good, is it? Because we said it on here before, and I'll say it again, the media has a job to do. The liberal media has a job to do when it comes to dealing with Barack Obama and this administration, and here's what their job is. Here I come to save the day. That means that mighty mouth is on the way. Yes, sir, when there is a wrong to right, mighty mouth will join the or on the land, he gets the situation well in hand. And who loses? We do. Hey, stick around. We'll be right back with Victoria Jackson and Mr. Ray Stevens. 
In a time when military unemployment continues to skyrocket, All-American Veterans Services is committed to reversing this trend and providing a solution to the problem. Nobody is more equipped to handle the pressures of running a business than the men and women who served in the United States military. By donating today, you can provide assistance to our nation's heroes. Your donation will create jobs, honor our veterans, and help build new American dreams. While there are many great nonprofit organizations out there, no charity makes a more profound impact in the lives of our veterans than All-American Veterans Services. Creating new businesses, helping veterans find jobs, and providing the professional services required to re-enter civilian lives are just some of the ways that All-American Veterans Services provide. Working with great partners like LegalZoom and Regis, veterans are not only provided with an opportunity to live the American dream, they are far more likely to be successful. With all that our veterans have done for this great country, there is no better time than today to help make a difference in their lives. So donate today and ensure that our nation's heroes that fought for our ability to live the American dream can start living their own dream. Please visit allamericanvets.com right now and help make a difference in the lives of those who've sacrificed so much. That's allamericanvets.com. Been looking for an online gathering place? You know, a familiar screen does everything you're used to except give you grief for being a conservative? you got to try the Tea Party community. At TPC, you'll know how everything works from the very first minute, and you'll probably find a lot of friends who are already there. Organize, communicate, share ideas, upcoming events, pictures, and videos. The Tea Party community connects and empowers like-minded, politically conservative people. Like you, sign up today at teapartycommunity.com. Look at you, casual online banker. And you, yeah, you, intense elevator texter. Expert photo share. And 380 friend follower. Can't forget you, online shopping pro. Hey, cool boots. All connecting to everyone and everything. But do you protect yourself? Apparently not. Thing is, you live in a digital world and you're not turning back now. And that's okay. Shop, post, browse, follow, bank, and stream. Knock yourself out. Because while you do your thing, we'll be here at LifeLock doing our thing. Monitoring over a trillion data points. Watching out for things your credit card alone can't. And relentlessly protecting your identity. Get LifeLock protection and live life free. Let's say you need to take care of legal matters. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than using a traditional lawyer? Well, LegalZoom came up with a better way. We took the best of the old and combined it with modern technology. Together you get quality services on your terms with total customer support. LegalZoom documents are accepted in all 50 states and they're backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to LegalZoom.com today and see for yourself. It's law that just makes sense. Hi, this is former Congressman Lieutenant Colonel Retired Alan West. Hi, this is Ben Shapiro, New York Times bestselling author of Bullies and Editor-at-Large of Breitbart News. Hi, I'm Charlie Daniels, and I'm on the Don Smith Show, where it is okay. In fact, it's wonderful to be a conservative. Hey, 
welcome back to the program. I don't, we got Donald Trump coming up here in just a little bit, but it's my real treat here to bring on a music legend, Ray Stevens, and you know her. She's been on a number of times, actress and comedian, Victoria Jackson. So let's get him on the program. Hey, Victoria, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Don. Uh, great to hear you. And I don't want to talk because the legend, Ray Stevens, is here. <laughs> well, we want to hear from you, too, but let's bring on Ray right now. Uh, music legend, I mean, just a, an incredible guy. And I've heard he's been known to streak from time to time. Ray Stevens, welcome to the Don Smith Show. Well, thank you for having me. I'll never live up to that introduction. And uh, legend makes me really feel old. So uh, kind of watch yourself, okay? <laughs> all right. A very well-known musician. How about that? <laughs> That's good. That's all right. All right. Now, I want to talk to both of you because I know you both just uh, did a project together here not too long ago. And I want to talk a little bit about Camping Buddies. Ray, tell, tell, tell us about the movie. Well, you know, I... I um, uh, was brought in at the last minute. Mel Tillis was supposed to do this because he had yeah. done the the first movie with uh, Tom Lester, and uh, Mel either got sick or I think he got sick and he couldn't do it. So uh, I was uh, called to fill in for him, and uh, I was just uh, uh, kind of new at, at the whole uh, process. And Victoria showed up, and uh, you know we shot a little movie down in uh, Louisiana, and it was a lot of fun. So okay, so we, everybody wants to know: Was Victoria well behaved on the set? Well, I'll never tell. No, <laughs> 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 uh, she. I'm kidding. She was just a, the, a model of uh, uh, her ladyship. Yes, absolutely. That's very kind. All right, Victoria. So, what was it like to work with the very well-known musician Ray Stevens? <laughs> Well, like, I knew he was famous and everything, but I didn't know that he wrote Everything is Beautiful, Everything is Beautiful, you know, and I kept yep. hearing, like, on the set, people talk about his hits, and I'm like, you're kidding, he wrote that, he wrote The Streak, he wrote, he wrote, uh, and then oh they goodness. kept telling me, so I Googled him, and I, and I looked him up, and then I was kind of nervous around him, oh, because God. I'm, and so in awe of his talent, <laughs> and, and like, he, he, well, first of all, he was a great piano player, but what a songwriter, and he's such an inspiration, and I just saw him at the Grand Old Opry, my first time I've ever been there backstage, and I got to see him perform there, and he was so kind, because we share conservative politics, and there's so few of us in show business. Well, when I wrote this song, there's a Muslim living in the White House, uh, Ray was kind enough to let me use his equipment and his studio to record it, and I thought that was really sweet. Absolutely, that's great. Now, okay, I, I got to ask this, Ray. It was a pretty interesting uh, lineup there you had as far as the people that were in the movie Camping Buddies. So did you have any time to have any uh, interesting political conversations? Because I know you had uh, a lot of people from the other side there representing it as well. Well, if they were from the other side, they kept their mouths shut because I don't remember any comments. <laughs> uh, uh, of course, I probably blocked them out, but uh, I think, you know, everybody was nice. <clears throat> and uh, if they did have any uh, ideas about uh, building up uh, liberalism, I think they just were misinformed and just needed a little education. We were pretty busy the whole time, though, and I didn't have time to hold a, 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 a teaching session 
for anybody who might not have been conservative. So, And uh, I'm sure that if we had had time, Victoria would have been the real teacher because she's really adamant about uh, what's going on in the country. And uh, I, uh, I agree with whatever she says 100%. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, the the director, Tom Logan, he's a conservative, and he even lives in California, so that, I guess, was good that the, that the top guy was also conservative. But Ray's right. We were mostly working, not talking about politics. But, you know, if you go on Ray Stevens' website, he has, like, so many great videos that are comedy, but they mm-hmm. teach a conservative message. So it's kind of good to put them on Facebook so you're – um, uneducated, uninformed friends can kind of get the message with you know hidden in the, his comedy. Yeah, exactly. And Ray, that's one of the things I want to get into you with here. And, and everybody, go check out RayStevens.com. A lot of great stuff on there, like Victoria just said. But here's one of the great things, Ray, is you, is you do a lot of visual things. And I think that's really important. Uh, I, I get on here and I talk and, and all those kind of things. But I think it's great to have a visual aspect to, to the points you're trying to make and the messages you're trying to put out there. And I notice you've got a new, a new show, Ray Stevens Nashville. Tell us about that. Well, it's on RFD TV, the cable channel. And it uh, debuts tonight, uh, November 7th, uh, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern Time on RFD. It's called Ray Stevens Nashville, as you just said. And uh, it's about, uh, it's a music talk show, and it's about Nashville and all the people who uh, uh, make Nashville Music City USA. And uh, it uh, it's kind of a unique set. Most set, uh, sets... Uh, of this kind of show use a desk and a couch and my show uses a a little grand piano with stools around the grand piano and so it's uh, unique in that way I think I don't think I've ever seen another show with this kind of set although you can see it you can see the set in a lot of restaurants it's called a piano bar (laughs) (laughs) but uh, uh, we don't drink on the show at least uh, not while we're shooting anyway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've shot uh, 13 shows so far, and we have to shoot uh-huh. another 13 to round out the, the uh, 26 that we need for the year because, as you may know, uh, they show 26, and then they rerun them for 26 weeks. And uh, it's kind of uh, economical that way, I guess. But uh, it also gives a, a lot of people a chance to see what they missed. You know, one of the things, as I was researching the show, one of the things that I thought of was, I mean, I grew up in a time when we had a lot of variety shows and there were a lot of musical things on TV, and that's it's kind of not really that way anymore. I mean, I'm thinking like the, the Osmonds, and there was, you know, Sonny and Cher and all that kind of stuff. Is this, is this kind of like in that format of a bit of a variety show where you're going to have some great musical guests on and, and various other individuals? Yes, and what go, what goes around comes around, you know. Uh, everything is uh, moves in cycles, I've heard said, and uh, I think it's time for a show like this to uh, mm-hmm. to be on, and uh, uh, we're having a great time doing the show. Um, there are, uh, uh, Victoria, and you mentioned some of the videos, though, that are on YouTube and on our, our RayStevens.com, and... Uh, I would like to mention those in light of the fact that uh, Mr. Trump is going to be on because uh, he he might can use one in particular if he chooses to uh, to drive home a lot of the uh, point that he's making about illegal immigration. And the video is called, and the song is called, Come to the USA. And so uh, uh, please tell him to check that out on YouTube. I, and I actually... USA. 
And, and I, I do want to tell you both that we did a pre-tape here Thursday morning with Mr. Trump, and I had an opportunity to talk to him before we started recording. And I mentioned both of you guys and what you're doing. And uh, his immediate comment to both of that was, I love Victoria Jackson and I love Ray Stevens. So just so you know, uh, he is aware of you guys. And, and, he, and he actually, uh, Ray, he asked me to uh, send some information to him down the videos and the different things. So I sent it to his communications director. So a uh, fantastic. And it was, uh, I was interested to find out that both of you uh, support Donald Trump in, in, in some aspect, at least what he's, what he's doing so far. Victoria, uh, tell us about a photo shoot you did years ago. Now, this is when you're on Saturday Night Live, and everybody knows Donald Trump is, you, you can still catch Ray's show at 7.30 and then catch Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live later on. Tell us about the opportunity you had to meet with Donald Trump. Well, I had the strangest call when I was about 1990. People magazine said they wanted to do a photo shoot of me and Donald Trump. And I was like, that's weird. What are we plugging? Or, I mean, and they wanted me to be dressed up like Scarlett O'Hara and like as if she was in 1990, what would she be like? She would be chasing down the richest man in town in New York. And so they put me in a big Scarlett O'Hara dress. I named my daughter Scarlett, so I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> but, like, uh, they had me, like, hugging Trump and cooking in a kitchen. And I could not figure I was like, well, all publicity is good publicity. And I was trying to have a, a, a movie acting career, and I was about 29 years old. But uh, sometimes I wonder if maybe Donald arranged it. I don't know, but it was like he was – did you tell him the story, uh, Don? I, I didn't tell him the story. I, well, I gave him a brief thing, and I told him that you had sent me the photo. And as soon as I mentioned, as soon as I mentioned a photo shoot for People Magazine, he goes, "I remember that. I love Victoria Jackson." Okay, so this is what he did. The only thing he said to me the whole photo shoot, like for two hours, he looked in my face and he said, "You're a very beautiful woman." And, like, no one's ever said that to me, not any of my husbands, not any of my, you know, it was, like, very powerful. I'm like, that's probably how he got Melania, and that's probably how he got Marlo Maples and, and his first wife. But uh, it was pretty powerful, but um, I didn't want to, I figured when I got a little old, he'd replace me. And I, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm too old for him now. If I would have married him, then he didn't ask. But if I would have, he would have replaced me a couple times over. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a great story. So he, so he was a true gentleman. He was very kind and down to earth and sweet. Yeah. And uh, kind of humble for being, you know, so rich. And But I just wanted to say one thing before our interview ends. Ray Stevens, can I please be on your new show? Well, I was I was waiting for you to ask, and of course you can. <laughs> okay, I don't sing good, but I sing on key. Well, that's debatable, but we can. Uh, they've got machines. <laughs> they got machines now that can fix it, so nobody will ever know. Oh, okay, let's use so the machine. Use the machine. <laughs> so, okay, we've got Donald Trump coming up here. Ray, I want to ask you this. Because you, you mentioned the immigration issue. I think there's a lot of the American people that are sick and tired of the political correctness. And I think that's something that you, you fight against, too, with the videos that you do. And you kind of make fun of that and, and mock that. What, what else resonates? Is, is it not one of the big things for you that resonates about Donald Trump is just not being politically correct? Yeah, you know, uh, you can <laughs> – you can 
take anything to an extreme, and the, the whole country has taken political correctness to a, a, an extreme extreme, if you want to say uh, say it that way. But um, I uh, uh, there's so many issues that are upside down today, and uh, you know, common sense needs to prevail here. And what I've heard uh, Mr. Trump say uh, makes a lot of sense to me. So. You know, I'm in his corner. I think uh, he would be wonderful for the country. Yeah, you know, one of the things I think I, I know with my listeners and, and with me personally that resonates is if you just taking the the illegal immigration. I mean, we're talking about illegal immigration. Nobody is anti-immigrant. I've, I don't know anybody who's against immigrants. I mean, everybody knows the country was built on immigration. But it, it, to the left, if you say anything, if you want any kind of securing of the borders or anything, all of a sudden you're anti-immigrant. And I think... People are sick and tired of that. I hope so, but, you know, we've got a lot of uh, teachers, professors that have been indoctrinating and brainwashing students for years now, and, uh, wow, uh, they've, they've done a great job because there are a lot of people out there uh, out of school now and espousing the views of these lunatic professors, and, uh, you know, it's it's I don't know where they're coming from. I mean, it sounds like they just, graduated from Moscow U, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, okay, Victoria, and I want to I want to remind everybody go to victoriajackson.com. Isn't it it's this is great about these two, right? You got raystevens.com, you got victoriajackson.com. It's very easy. So, Victoria, you've got a book on yeah. there and we've talked about it before. And we've got Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live tonight. You were there. You were there for 6 years and you wrote a book called Is My Boat Too Big? How I went from Saturday night, the tea party, Saturday Night Live to the Tea Party. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, everyone asked me what it was like there and how I got on it, so I figured I'd answer that question and then give them a little lesson on conservatism and the Bible. Squeeze that in there. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what should I tell you? Um, uh, my mind just went blank. What was the question again? <laughs> Tell us about your book. Oh, my book. Oh, well, my book. Um, let's that was see. a that was a gotcha question. Oh, <laughs> you got me. I, I'm just uh... yeah. We're tired of you guys just kowtowing to the liberals <laughs> and asking us conservatives those gotcha questions. What a. I, I got something to say. You remember when Hillary played the bartender on SNL recently? Mm-hmm. You know, what was shocking was what a great actress she was. It's kind of scary that she was a fantastic actress. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, she she's uh, scary. She's really good at lying, like Obama. But All anyway, right, so- uh, yeah, my book, I, I love my book. I'm trying to write it into a screenplay right now. I'm actually taking a course in college on screenwriting. So I think it would be a good movie. Great. Well, everybody, you can get it at victoriajackson.com. Victoria, is there, do you have any advice for the Donald tonight? Uh, well, I think he'll be fine because all you need to be on there is a lot of confidence. And mm-hmm. he has that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I, I think so, too. And I think, you know, I guess when you talk about candidates, I think that's one of the things about him is is he is very self-assured, um, maybe to a fault at some point to some people, but but he's very self-assured, and I don't think uh, anybody's going to be able to box him in. I think he's got a great book, Art of the Deal, that kind of tells how his mindset works, and I think you can even find something about how 
how to look into a woman's eyes and tell her she's really beautiful? Oh, <laughs> I would like to tell him one thing. I, I think Donald needs to be a little bit more conservative. Uh, but he, me and Ray have to give him a couple lessons. He's good on immigration, but we have to teach him what real conservatism is. Because I think Ted Cruz has got is like the real is like my favorite. But what I love about Donald Trump is that he is shaking up the status quo, and 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 bringing some genuineness and authenticity into there. Uh, and so that's my two cents. Ray, I want to talk about this because you're. We talked about the show. You're still with the videos. You've got albums coming out. This is the you're staying very busy here, and I know uh, you've got a date coming up here at the Grand Ole Opry. Do you ever get sick of playing? And I know the answer's got to be no, but I got to ask anyway. Do you ever get sick of playing at the at the Grand Ole Opry? Well, you never get sick. You sometimes get tired exactly. uh, <laughs> because that's just a fact of life. You, uh, you 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 push yourself, and you will uh, need some rest. But I love what I do. I always have, and uh, I'm looking forward to each and every show. Uh, I take them very seriously, and uh, we're working. Uh, the next after we do the Opry this coming Friday, we're working a, a little show up in Kentucky, and uh, really looking forward to that one too. And then we fold up the tent for the year and uh, start back fresh next year, 2016, with uh, uh, a bunch of dates uh, that we've booked. And uh, you know, like uh, like I say, uh, I'm looking forward to every one of them. You know, you've got a date actually early next year, April 1st. You're going to be here in Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm at, uh, at the Florida Theater, which is just a beautiful place. So I'm going to have to come down and, and see you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, too. That's yeah, going definitely. To be, uh, that's going to be fun. So so what's the latest on, on your music? You had an album, I think, come out here not too long ago. Uh, tell, us what you, tell us what you got out there and what can my listeners find when they go to RayStevens.com and go check out your store. Well, the new album uh, that's been out a few months is, uh, and still relatively new, it's called Here We Go Again, because I was off the road for a couple of years, a little self-imposed hiatus there, and uh, I decided, what am I doing? I've I got to get back out there, and so I did, and I cut an album, and we t- titled the album Here We Go Again uh, to commemorate going back out and doing concerts, and uh there's some, it's, a, it's mainly uh, comedy songs on the album. One of the songs on the album is uh, uh, called Taylor Swift is Stalking Me. <laughs> and it gets a lot of, a lot of, a lot of response when we do it. Um, another song is based on the Cialis commercial where these two people are in bathtubs in the middle of the woods. <laughs> and it's called It Must Be a Pill for This. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the whole album, like I say, is uh, mainly uh, comedy songs. I got to say, I have to tell you this before we let you guys go. Uh, Ray, one of my favorite songs is Ahab the Abrab. I love that song. That's awesome. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. I, you know, I wrote that in 62, the mm-hmm. night before the session. And uh, we had just moved to Nashville, my wife and, and one child. And uh, we were living in a little one-room apartment. And uh, the the baby was sleeping in the bottom dresser drawer, you know, and uh I, the night before the session, I had songs picked up, but I didn't like them. And so that night in the kitchen of that one-room apartment, I, uh, in desperation, wrote Ahab the Arab, 
and uh, we cut it the next morning, and I thought, yep, this will do it. This will get me out of that one-room apartment, you know, and it did. (laughs) (laughs) That that one cracks me up every time I hear it. The stalking, the uh, Taylor Swift is stalking me is hilarious. Everybody, you got to go check out RayStevens.com. Victoria, uh, anything going on right now? What do you got? What are you doing right now? What am I doing? I'm a grandmother. I I do a little stand. I just did a stand up at Zany's about three weeks ago to keep my toe in it and um and taking a college class. But uh, I think I'm going to be on the Ray Stevens show soon. Well, she'll she'll stand on her head too. Have you you knew about that? <laughs> Absolutely, Victoria Jackson and very well known musician Ray Stevens. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Look forward to having you back again. Great being thank with you. Thank you. All right, thanks, folks. All right, that's Ray Stevens and Victoria Jackson. That's awesome, huh? How about that? Everybody check out RayStevens.com. There's some hilarious stuff on there. And, of course, go to VictoriaJackson.com. Her book is great. I mean, How I Went from Saturday Night Live to the Tea Party is a, is a story that I think a lot of people need to read. There's a lot of great information in there as well. And, of course, you can check out Ray's new program starting tonight. So that's awesome. I mean, great stuff. Uh, it was great to have people on. I was I didn't plan this, but when we got on here, I found out that actually both Victoria and uh, Ray also uh, support Donald Trump. They like what he's doing, and um, so it was great to get a chance to talk to them as well. And it was great to hear Donald Trump say that he liked, really loved both of them, so that was fantastic. And I'd love to see the Donald use one of Ray's songs as a, as a campaign song, right? You can get away from all these bands that are going to complain, ah, I shouldn't use my stuff, and we are, we're going to hear that throughout the rest of the election cycle. So maybe he can just put that all the rest right away and uh, hook up with one of Ray's songs. That's fantastic. This, the interview, I want to tell you, uh, again, it was great to sit down uh, with Mr. Trump. Had a few minutes beforehand to talk to him, and he was uh, just, just really nice. He was very pleasant, and this is a guy that's, Man, I, I, I don't even know the number of interviews this guy does on a daily basis. What I do know is he gets over 350 media requests a day, which is – that's amazing. That's amazing. You look at the, look at the debates because this is, this is something – this is the factor that he brings to it. You've got 4 million people on average who watch a GOP debate. Since Donald Trump has been in the race, you've got 24 million people. The guy brings 20 million people to the party. I mean, that, that's – Come on. This is, we've never seen anything like this. And I think this was a tough interview in one respect for me to do because I don't want to come on the show and, and I don't want this to be the Donald Trump show because it's not. I mean, we've had every candidate on here. We're going to have Dr. Ben Carson back here either next week or the following week. We're working out details on that right now. So, I mean, I don't want to, don't want to go all in because that's, you know, you try not to do that. But here's a guy that, in my opinion, I think he's the only one left in the race that's actually got the courage, the courage to stand up. I love Ted Cruz. I agree with almost everything Ted Cruz, his positions. But what has he gotten done? I don't know of a single piece of legislation that Ted Cruz has championed and gotten anybody behind him. So right off the bat, that's an issue. That's going to be a problem. Donald Trump, you know, I think one way or another, he'll make it happen. I think he can. I think he has that kind of uh, business savvy, a business acumen, if you will. And if you've ever read his book, The Art of the Deal, it's actually brilliant. I mean, and, and I look at when I look at Dr. Ben Carson, I, I, I come back to this question: Who would I want on my behalf as an American citizen? Who would I want on my behalf sitting across the negotiating table 
from Vladimir Putin? Or, or how, about, how about this Iran nuclear deal? You think, you think maybe Donald Trump would have come away with a better deal or no deal at all? Now, I know the president says 99% of the world's community, which, again, that's a very, very scary thing to say. 99% of the world's community agrees with his deal, but they don't. They don't, they don't. they don't agree with it in Israel. They don't agree with it in America. 70% of the American people are against it, and he comes out and tells us 99% of the world community is for it. Because he knew. He knew that the American people were not for it. So he had to tell you, this world figure, at the time he made the comment, maybe 50 people had read the Iran nuclear deal, maybe 50 people, it had just been agreed to. So how in the world could 99% of the the world community agree with something that only 50 people read? Think about it, right? Think about that the next time you hear Michael Mann talk about 99% of the scientists, all of them. It's always 99%, 99%. You can't find these people. They don't exist, but it's always 99%. What are you going to do? Hey, you got to take a quick commercial break, but you definitely want to stick around because right after this break, we've got it, the Donald Trump interview. Patriotic Warriors is a grassroots organization built to engage our community. While others talk about preserving our constitutional republic, Patriotic Warriors is taking action to restore the American dream. If you're truly concerned about the future of this great nation, visit PatrioticWarriors.com today. The time is now. PatrioticWarriors.com. That's PatrioticWarriors.com. America, I am so excited. I found eVoiceAmerica.com. It's the political take action site we've all been waiting for. eVoiceAmerica.com makes it easy to email my opinions directly to all my elected officials and representatives in Washington at once. And I and all of you can know what we are telling Congress for the first time in history. eVoiceAmerica.com. All you need to do is register with your address and zip code. Log on, and eVoice America will provide your personal list of electric reps every time you log on, and much more. Been looking for an online gathering place? You know, a familiar screen does everything you're used to, except give you grief for being a conservative? You've got to try the Tea Party community. At TPC, you'll know how everything works from the very first minute, and you'll probably find a lot of friends who are already there. Organize, communicate, share ideas, upcoming events, pictures and videos, the Tea Party community connects and empowers like-minded, politically conservative people. Like you, sign up today at teapartycommunity.com. A-Game Consulting Services is an industry leader in the implementation of lean manufacturing techniques. If your business is suffering from declining profits during these difficult economic times, contact A-Game Consulting Services today. The staff at A-Game Consulting Services has been implementing lean manufacturing at businesses around the world for many years now. Whether you're a small business or a major corporation, lean manufacturing can have an immediate impact on your bottom line. Here's what former Speaker of the House and presidential candidate Newt Gingrich had to say about lean manufacturing. They should institute Lean Six Sigma across the entire federal government. A hard idea for Washington reporters to cover, but an important idea because it's the key to American manufacturing success. Although the principles of lean have been around for several years, no business does a better job of implementing this proven methodology than A-Game Consulting Services. 
Their staff of master black belts will create a detailed plan specific to your organization. Imagine having a workforce that functions in complete harmony, all working towards achieving well-defined company goals. Or how about being able to find and eliminate unnecessary waste that exists in every business? Regardless of your business model, A-Game Consulting Services has a program that will work for you. So if you're looking for a surefire way to improve your bottom line, contact A-Game Consulting Services today at 904-435-8414. That's 904-435-8414. Or email them for more information at info at visitacs.com. That's info at visitacs.com. As a proud sponsor of this program, just mention the Don Smith Show and you'll receive a free no-obligation consultation. Contact us today and you'll be on your way to developing your A-game. A doctor running late for a medical convention loses his computer, exposing thousands of patient records to identity theft. Data breaches can happen that easily. We don't believe you should be a victim of someone else's mistake. We're LifeLock. We constantly monitor the web, so if any of your personal information is misused, we're on it. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com today. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. I'm on the Don Smith Radio Show, where it's okay to be a real conservative. Welcome back to the show. Of course, this is the Don Smith Show, where over 99% of the world community thinks I'm awesome. Actually, I don't know. That's what the president said. Anyway, I want to do a shout-out here to everybody at Merlin's Coffee Shop in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Hey, thanks for listening. And, of course, everybody listening in on Pundit Press Radio. And I've also got to uh, – okay, we started out the show, liberalism is never having to say you're sorry. I'm going to show liberals how it's done. And then I know, I know, we'll get to the interview. But I've got to do this because Richard Barris and his wife, Laura, uh, did a great job for us here a couple weeks ago, which kind of started this whole thing in process. We got invited down to the Donald Trump rally here in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, they ran the show for me while we were down there because it was at the same time the show was running. And I never thanked him. So to Richard and Laura Barris from PeoplesPunditDaily.com, thank you. And I'm sorry. See, it's not that difficult. All right, all right. I know you're all here to hear the Donald Trump interview. Again, it was... Very nice guy. I mean, people talk about, I didn't know what to expect. You, you never know what to expect when you go into one of these interviews. Uh, it it kind of sets the tone when you first get them on the phone when it's a pre-tape. always like live interviews, but didn't want to take the chance this week of not actually getting the interview. But you get a little bit extra time when it's a pre-tape to talk and before you actually start recording. And you kind of can tell uh, what you're up against. And right off the bat, uh, he was very nice. I've got to point this out because about halfway through the interview, his phone starts, something starts beeping on his phone, and I'm like just trying to ignore it. He brought it up, and he was uh, kind of handled it pretty good, though, but it was, uh, it was a little bit of an awkward moment there in the interview. But uh, all in all, I thought he did a great job, and it was great to have an interview where it was just substance. It's not about Marco Rubio sweating or 
uh, Ben Carson's energy or any of those things. We talked about reality, the reality that we're facing as a country. I mean, lack of leadership, we see it every day. And if there's one thing you can say about Donald Trump, I know there's a, there are uh, dissenting opinions about this, and that, that's why we go through this process. That's why we do it. But there's one thing you can say about him. He's a man of courage, and that's the thing that, that really stands out for me. And I actually uh, mentioned that to him as we were closing out the interview. But I think that is, it's so important right now. One thing, you've you got to give the Wizard of Smart, I'm sorry, for, for the new listeners, that's our president. You've got to give him a little bit of credit because the guy just does things. And he just, he's a bull in a china shop, which I very much like. Donald Trump. And for all the people that talk about Donald Trump's tone, right? His tone. I don't like the way he talks. Listen to Barack Obama waving tea bags around. Cambridge police act stupidly. You think the moon's made of cheese. This guy has been bashing us for seven years now. So don't tell me about tone. Did anybody talk about the tone of Reverend Jeremiah Wright? Because, I mean, I know the president never heard anything he said in 20 years, but and he never said anything like that before. Nobody talked about his tone. So, you know, as far as the tone, something that I'm not really that concerned about. So without further ado, here is my interview with Donald Trump. Well, it's with great pleasure that I bring you the GOP frontrunner, and yes, he still is the GOP frontrunner, Mr. Donald J. Trump. Mr. Trump, welcome to the Don Smith Show. Well, thank you, Don. You know, one of the things, we look at leadership, and a lot of people talk about leadership under this administration, but I think one thing that's truly important, and I think a lot of Americans would agree, is understanding how business works. Uh, how do you feel, how important is it to a Donald J. Trump to have the next president be somebody who actually understands how business works? Well, I think one of the reasons that I've resonated is people understand that I know about business, and I know not only deal-making, but also management. And I think it's a very important element in, in what we're getting into, because frankly, if you look at what so many countries are doing to us, the way they're taking advantage of the United States, that won't happen with me. And we'll make our country rich again, and we'll make our country great again. But you need a business background, at least especially now when we're doing so badly. We owe $19 trillion in debt, and we're doing so poorly. And I think a, a person that has a, a tremendous record at business is certainly would certainly be a help. You know, when I hear when I hear your slogan, "Make America Great Again," Donald, I, I think about all the things that we're told we can't do anymore. You you just mentioned the debt; we can't fix that. We can't stop spending. We can't build a wall. We can't deport people. All these things that we so, supposedly all of a sudden can't do, Americans can do these things. Am I right? Right. Well, you certainly can, and we need a wall, and if you want to ask about walls, ask Israel. They have a wall, and it works 100% or almost 100%, and, you know, they've had tremendous success with it, and we need a wall, too, from the drug standpoint, from uh, people coming over, just walking into our country. We can't do that. We have, we're a country of laws, and to come into this country, you have to come in legally, and I love people coming in legally, but that's the word. They have to come in legally, so... We're going to build a wall. Mexico's going to pay for the wall. You know, everyone says the politicians all say, oh, you'll never get them to do that. Well, you will get them to do that. And the reason is we lose a tremendous amount of money every year on trade with Mexico, close to $45 billion. I mean, the numbers that are they're staggering. We're losing so much money. And we give Mexico tremendous amounts of money. So 
they'll get a little bit less, and we're going to build a wall. It's going to come from Mexico, and the wall will be built, and it'll be paid for essentially by Mexico. You know, this is one of the things that I hear a lot of people dispute. Oh, there's no way you're going to get I, people, Donald. They don't understand. If you don't understand business, you don't understand a little term called leverage, and we still actually right. have that around the world, don't we? Well, we have it all over the world. I mean, if you look at China, what they're doing to us, they're taking our money, they're taking our jobs, they're taking everything. We have all the leverage. We've rebuilt China. Uh, you take a look at just what I said about the wall. Everyone said, all the politicians that I'm running against, frankly, every one of them, well, you'll never get Mexico to pay. Well, then when I explained that we have a, a trade imbalance of $45 billion a year, and when I explained that we give billions of dollars over the years to Mexico, People start saying, oh, maybe we can get them to pay. They don't know. They don't have a clue. It's not what they do. You know, here's, we, we're talking business. So we're talking about business improving the economy. Here's one deal, and I agree with you. you. You've made the comment that the Iran deal is one of the worst deals you've ever seen, and I think absolutely from a national security standpoint. But let's talk about a business deal out there that has yet to hit the American people, and that's this climate change deal with China. Uh, Donald, for 16 years, they're not only going to not do anything to cap emissions, they've already said they're going to double their CO2 output. What are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to cut ours by 26 to 28% in that same period of time. Cost of labor, cost of energy, these are huge right. things that impact business. It, is this the worst deal you've ever seen? Well, I think that uh, there's so many of them. We make them all. I, I think the Iran deal has to go down as number one, but you look at the deals we make with China where they're going to go out 32 and 35 years before they start meeting certain standards, and we have to do it immediately. And the problem with that is our businesses can't compete. Then you wonder why is China so much more competitive. There are many reasons, most particularly the devaluation of their currency, which is just incredible what they're doing to us. So China is killing us in every way. Yesterday there was a front-page article in the New York Times that China is using much, much more coal, much more coal, and just spewing it into the air, not clean coal, because there's a place for clean coal, but they're using just spewing it into the air, unlimited amounts of coal. And it was an amazing article, and it was the main story on the front page of the New York Times, that they've totally violated everything that we've even thought about. And that's the way it is with China. That's the way it's always going to be with China. And then we wonder why we can't compete. We can't compete because of things like that. How how big is it? Because I, I think this is something you understand probably better than a lot of people. The cost of energy. I mean, one of the one of the things that created the industrial revolution here in America. That one of the things that made us great is low cost of energy, the ability to produce and compete. How important is that when we talk about comparing uh, the U.S. to China or India? Or, it's or a India? huge factor, Don. And and frankly, it's a factor that now, for the first time in many many years, can turn to our advantage because. Due to new technology and fracking and various other things, we have so much energy under our feet. We don't need it from the Middle East anymore. Very shortly, if we'd open up, we certainly wouldn't need it. We don't need it from anywhere. We have it for ourselves, and we have excess capacity that we can sell. And, you know, we're a huge seller of coal to China, if you think about it. So we can't use coal, but China can. And China, China's using it in a very unfortunate way. So uh, we are... We are Whoops, you have a buzzer going off there, Don, but that's okay. Did you hear that buzzer? I heard it in the background, yeah. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, something going off, but that's okay. I don't know if it's your phone or mine, but that's okay. Regardless, it just makes the conversation more interesting. <laughs> maybe, that's, 
Maybe that's the Chinese calling, asking us to stop talking about it. <laughs> We're being hacked, but, Donald. But it is a it is a tremendous problem, and it's a problem that uh, that that we really can now make an asset. But the problem of China and what we're doing and our negotiators that don't know what they're doing is a tremendous problem. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit because my listeners, something they're very passionate about is, uh, I'm a veteran myself of the submarine force. I have a lot of veterans out there listening. And you're right. the only one to me that I've heard even uh, even address the issues of the VA. They don't talk you, about the veterans. Th- they don't want I'm to. I'm there. I see the other candidates. They never even mention the veterans. They don't care about the veterans. They don't even mention them. And you're right. I think I, I should get, I mean, I hope to get 100% of the veteran votes. I'm the only one that cares about the veterans. That, I have exactly. a veteran's plan out where if the veteran has to wait, they go to a doctor and we pay the bill. A doctor that's, you know, located fairly near or a hospital that's located near, even if it's public, public or private, what difference does it make? They have to get care. We're losing thousands and thousands of veterans a year. I mean, the numbers are staggering when you really hear them. They're dying because they can't get care. So I'm going to take care of the veterans, and nobody else is even talking about the subject, just like nobody else really talks about illegal immigration until I brought it up. That's exactly right. I want to mention that that was a question, actually, that came to me from a group called Citizens for Trump. You have a lot of grassroots organizations out there, and no to my liberal friends, this is not a super PAC. They're grassroots volunteers, so I just wanted to mention Citizens for I Trump. I do have. I mean, it's amazing. I see so many people. I'll go out on a tour, and you'll see these shirts with with logos with Trump something and uh, women for Trump and vets for Trump and these are organizations and I don't even know about them they're just forming because they they want to help they hear what I'm saying they know me they've known me for many years indirectly I guess just by watching so I guess I've been pretty much of an open book but I have tremendous support out there there's no question about it and that's why my polls I'm leading in virtually every state I guess I'm leading now that I'm leading in Iowa again I'm leading in every state well, you're the Donald. Hey, I want to talk about this. You've got a new book out here. Tell my listeners, what's, tell us about Crippled America. Well, Crippled America, tough title, and I decided to, to go with that title. It was a little bit like, should I do it or should I not do it? Even the picture was the worst picture I took, and I used it because it showed that I'm not happy. We have a country that is in such trouble with the debt, $19 trillion in debt, with our military can't do anything we we just you know don't win anymore we have isis we can't beat now isis is blowing up airplanes and other things and everything is wrong the iran deal the sergeant bergdahl we get him he's a traitor he's no good he's a traitor and they get five of the killers that they've wanted everything we do is wrong we can't make trade deals etc so i talk about this in the book most importantly i'm just not a critic i talk about how to fix them and I think the book hit number one on Yahoo uh, yesterday. So after two days, it hit number one. It's, a, it's the toughest book that I've written, and I think the hardest I've worked on a book since The Art of the Deal. Well, it, i, I got to say, i got to tell you, I was down at the campaign rally you did here in Jacksonville here a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and, yeah, that was great. Uh, it was amazing. And it, it wasn't just a speech. Uh, Donald, it, it was an event. Uh, you mentioned all the yeah. people with the shirts and all that. I mean, this, this was an amazing event. It was amazing. It was. And, and, but I, they're all amazing. I mean, I go to Dallas. It's in the same thing. I go to Oklahoma. We had 20,000 people in Dallas, 20,000 people in Oklahoma, 35 people in Alabama, 35,000 people. In, uh, in Alabama, when you think of it, 35,000 people, we had to use a football stadium. It's amazing. And the level is just like you saw in Jacksonville, which is such a great place. And those people were so incredible. But 
It's like that all over the country. It's like a movement, and they just want to stop being ripped off by everybody. They're tired of being ripped off by every country. You look at this Iran deal where we give them $150 billion. We get nothing. We don't even get our prisoners back. And they're tired of being ripped off. And you know what I think it is? I think it's courage. I think I, I think you're the only candidate that, that has the courage to actually do something about it. And I think, I think that's what's resonating with the American people. Donald, thank you so much for your time. I know you've got a busy schedule. I appreciate you taking time to be on the Don Smith Show today. And get back out there and make America great again. I will, Don, and I appreciate it very much. And you take care of yourself. All right, you do the same. Thank that, you very much. That's Donald Trump, everybody. All right, so there it was. There was the interview with Donald Trump. Uh, again, we tried to stay away from uh, talking about the other candidates. We all know how he feels about the other candidates. Let's talk about things that you're really going to do. How do we fix this stuff? And I firmly believe that, the courage. It's a huge, huge factor here. And, and there are others with – I mean, there's others that have courage and – uh, and then all of a sudden you see him hugging Barack Obama, but that's another story. But it's what it's going to take. We've gone, we've gone quite a ways. When, when the president talked about fundamentally changing America, first of all, you don't do that about something you love. You don't say, geez, I love my wife, but I'd like to fundamentally change her. But he's done some of this. I mean, he, look at the things that have happened under this administration. And it's going to take a lot of courage to turn that around. And it's going to take somebody that can sit down with some of these, you got the crazy, I mean, nobody's going to sit down with Harry Reid and say, come on, Harry, think like I do. But some of the, I mean, there's some of these people, there's the Joe Manchins from Virginia, who's also very concerned about what's going on with the EPA against the coal industry. There are some people that can be worked with. What, what we want, I, what I want, let me put it that way. What I want is just don't sacrifice our principles. I'm not a big fan of the eminent domain thing. I somewhat understand it. But I'm not a big fan of the government having the ability to take away property. That's, that's not a good thing. The other side of that is if you're on the business end of it and you've got somebody with a one-acre lot that's in you know, Harlem and they want $10 million for it, you know, okay, how do you deal with that? But there's got to be a better way than the government just being able to come in and go, bam, we got it. So one of the issues there, and there's others, there is no perfect candidate in this field. I, there's nobody. Ted Cruz, love Ted Cruz, agree with almost everything he does. His stance on H-1B visas, ask the former workers at Disney, Disney World what they think about that. Because it didn't work out too good for them, and I think the last thing we need is to import more of our labor force. And we need to get Americans trained to be able to do those things, and I think that's the important thing here. But there's another side of this, too. Because Barack Obama, or Donald Trump, geez, Donald Trump fights back against the media. And this is a big thing. Look what's going on with Dr. Ben Carson now. I mean, this is amazing. Here's a guy who tells his story about his life story. We heard, we heard Barack Obama's life story when he was growing up and pushing down another girl because somebody thought it was his girlfriend about him getting in vans and smoking weed all day and blowing off school. How many of, of Barack Obama's childhood friends do have we met? Do we know? His his records from school, for crying out loud, are sealed. Why? What possible reason would there, would there be for that? Except to use it for political advantage. But the media covers for this stuff. Uh, ben Carson sat down on, on CNN, I don't know why, sat down on CNN here this week with Alison Camerata, who I've got to say in full disclosure, I've met her a couple times, very, very nice person. But my goodness, she is proving why Fox News let her go. I mean, this, if you've seen this interview, 
It was one of the most pathetic things you'd ever see. We're running a little short on time, so I can't play all the clips. But let me just play this one, because this is the, this is the end. So they're attacking his story about how one day he uh, you know, had some anger issues, and he worked through them. And it's a great story. But CNN's purpose isn't to portray this as a great story. It's to destroy him, because that's what they do. They have no qualms about it. This, okay, think about this for a minute. Put it in this context. You've got Carly Fiorina, right, the female GOP candidate, who looks demented, looks like a Halloween mask. They don't have any problem with that. You've got Dr. Ben Carson, who's a, a famed neurosurgeon, very, very intelligent guy, a, a, definitely a solid candidate. They, they don't have any qualms about the color of his skin. Versus what we went through when it was Barack Obama. Because if you, agree, if you disagree with a single policy of President Barack Obama, you're a racist. There, I mean, there's not even a, there's no debate. It is confirmed. Debate's over. You are racist. Now, I never agreed with a single policy of Jimmy Carter. I agreed with maybe one thing that Bill Clinton did. But I was never a racist for that. You disagree with Barack Obama, a massive liberal, you would disagree with his policies, you're a racist. So because his skin was black, everybody was supposed to become a liberal. Unless you want to be called a racist. Again, that's bullying. But listen to this clip. So Ben Carson, Alison Camerata, and she's trying to trip him up, and they've got CNNs. They're all over his his college friends, his high school friends, his grade school friends, right? Just like Mitt Romney. They didn't remember that. Remember that when he pulled the kid's hair? They could never prove any of that. But listen to this, because here's where it ended up. So she's going down the thing, and he's like, what? "You so you're talking to everybody I know? Yeah, everybody I agree. She's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like it's a totally legitimate thing, because they just want to get to the, the heart of this truly inspirational story, because that makes sense, right? Here's the last exchange he had, and, and this was the great one by Dr. Ben Carson, a great response to Alison Camerata. Look, Dr. Carson, I know you call this tactics. It's called vetting in politics. You know it well just from the short time that you've been involved it, in vetting Is that what was campaign. done with the current president? Is that what you guys did with him? Yes, as a matter of fact. No, you did not. President break. Obama's autobiography, Dreams of My Father, was also vetted. You will recall, Dr. Give Carson. Give me a break. <laughs> you kidding me. Don't you remember that there was a whole question about no. his girlfriend and that people went back to try to find the, the president's girlfriend and it turned out the, that she the, may have been a composite character and that was the revealed and the president had to that, talk that about you that. you all did with the president obama doesn't even come close doesn't even come close to what you guys are trying to do in my case absolutely absolutely Allison camerata trying to say oh no remember he, he had this girlfriend which we did find out was made up Everything, come on, everything in Barack Obama's life is made up. How many friends of Barack Obama do we know? Have we ever heard from? Like, zero, right? We can't even, we can't even look at his transcripts from school. And it, it was vetted? Really, he was vetted? Tony Rezko, William Ayers, that, that was vetted? No, I don't think so. Not, not at all. But you heard Alison Camerata even say in there, it was vetted about his girlfriend, and it was, it was proven that she was probably a composite, which means made up. Because that, that's, the, that's the actual logic they used to explain that away. Well, no, well, no he, he just composite. He took a composite of all these different people he knew, and he formed them into one person. Because 
That makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But to say that, it was proven that he was, that she was probably a composite. They haven't even proven that. You can't say something is proven and then say probably. Those things don't fit into the same sentence unless you're in the liberal media. So Allison did the right move. She's in the right place. And she is struggling mightily because it doesn't work. And I'll go back to Donald Trump. That's one of the great things about this this whole process that's taking place right now is blowing up the media. CNBC. A lot of people thought that that it did some damage to the to the GOP and kind of you know they're trying to make them look. No, it did damage to the mainstream media because they looked like complete fools. Where did I read that? Imagine asking a can. Imagine if I would have said that to Donald Trump. Hey, this China deal. Where did I read that? Really? I mean, can you put at least a slight amount of effort into it? But the, it, again, it's like Barack Obama with the scientific report on Keystone. These people are the same way. They think that the that the GOP is just going to make themselves look ridiculous and crazy all on their own. So we'll just throw some stuff out there and just let them, we'll throw some red meat up on the stage and just let these guys fight over it. That's what they thought was going to happen, but it didn't. And that's a, that's a positive sign, folks. If we can take anything positive away from what's going on politically and media-wise today, that's it. They made themselves look foolish in front of everybody. Normally 4 million people, with Donald Trump, 24 million people watched this debacle. Now, this Tuesday uh, should have finally, finally, a good debate. Fox Business, Neil Cavuto. I, I have all the confidence in the world that Neil Cavuto uh, and, and his team and his crew of debaters are going to do a much better job. I don't think we'll get any questions about, has anybody heard from God? or uh, was that? That's why people are so angry about that, the first one. We don't have much. They got everything. You got MSNBC, NBC, CNBC. They got everything except for one channel. We get one opportunity in this case. This will be our second opportunity to actually hear what these people think. What will they do? And that was our purpose today with, uh, with the interview with Donald Trump. Was that, I, I don't care if you think Rubio sweats too much. He does, man, that guy. Oof. He needs to stand in a bucket at the next debate. But, that's, but I didn't want to hear about that. What is Donald Trump going to do? Talk about being a business leader. Talk about negotiations. Again, who do you want sitting down negotiating these deals that are going to be extremely important to the future of America, to the future of a workforce? I, I, could, I could live with Donald Trump doing that. People say, well, yeah, he'll probably call Vladimir Putin an idiot. Okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just me. Hey, I want to thank everybody. I know we've got a lot of new listeners here today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, it was great to sit down with Donald Trump, and I'm glad you all had an opportunity to hear that uh, first interview on Internet radio, so I'm proud of that. And uh, just remember, follow the show. Uh, love to have you follow me on Twitter and at Facebook. It's both Don Smith Show, so love to have you there. I try to keep it simple like Ray Stevens and Victoria Jackson, which I also want to thank for taking their time today. Wasn't that great? I mean, that was pretty cool. I've uh, been trying to have Ray on for, for a while now, and uh, Victoria made it happen, so i got to give her all the credit for that. And uh, She's such a wonderful person. love Victoria here on the program, and I hope you really enjoyed that segment. That was great. So check out RayStevens.com and VictoriaJackson.com. But most importantly, I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. This is why we do this. I mean, this is – you look at the mainstream media. I mean, it's, they're out of control. 
If you you got, I highly encourage you to go watch the CNN interview with Dr. Ben Carson. Watch the whole thing. And I wish we could have played more of the clips. Wish we'd have more time to do that. But watch the whole thing. That's the state of, of journalism today. And Alison Camerata didn't think there was anything wrong with what she was doing. There is. And the American people think there is. And the American people are getting sick and tired of what happened in the CNBC debate, what happens on CNN every single day, and they can't figure out why nobody takes them seriously. Hmm. I think we've figured it out. What do you think? Hey, again, thank everybody for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thanks to Ray Stevens, Victoria Jackson, and, of course, Mr. Donald Trump. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here next Saturday at noon Eastern time. Wow, 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 wow,